Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our coming Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A portion of God's word for our preparation on this first Sunday in Advent is taken from our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 40, the first four verses. I'd like to share them once again. You can follow along in your outline if you like. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. A Christian's Christmas checklist. That's our overall theme. Today, make preparations. I don't know about you, but when I hear a Christian's Christmas checklist, on this specific weekend, I think about the ample preparations and plannings, checklists that have made probably for the Thanksgiving meal so it would go well. But nothing like those preparations for Black Friday or this year what we included, Gray Thursday. Web pages and newspaper ads analyzed calling of other family members to see what they know about the desires from the other family members. Timetables of store openings researched, estimating the number of other consumers at the various shopping malls taken into consideration. So with checklist, coupons and ads in hand, we set out on our mission. Now the game plan was for two of the family members to go into battle, one to stay in the getaway car. <laughs> Lots of fun, some good memories, but as always, don't forget the real meaning of Christmas. A Christian's Christmas checklist, indeed, is necessary to make preparations. But preparation for Christ's birth and all that it means today and into the future. For Isaiah and for God's people some 700 years before Jesus was lying in a manger, make preparations included, don't forget the comfort. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. The point here is not to console those shoppers that didn't get all their deals even though they are up all night. In fact, it may have seemed that Hezekiah and Jerusalem had made out like bandits, at least compared to the northern kingdom of Israel. The Assyrians had wiped out the northern 12 tribes. Only if there were some alive, they had taken them away never to return. But God miraculously protected and preserved Jerusalem and all those that were hiding inside. 
and not because of anything particularly that they did that was God-pleasing, but because of God's promise that a Savior would be born in Judah. You see, God is faithful even when his people then and his people now are not. There indeed still was and is a present need for comfort. As long as God's people live in this sinful world with sinful bodies, and Satan out there dangling before our eyes the fulfillment of our desires, of our perceived needs, probably wants, there will be a need for comfort. Maybe at this time of the year, for some, and, and maybe even for you, it's kind of a hard time to go into because you think of, of a loved one maybe you lost or some other very difficult situation that occurred during the holidays. Well, to these people, and maybe to you, hear once again Isaiah's poetic words. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Note how God chose to bring this comfort. He goes on, Isaiah goes on by saying, Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service had been completed. God chooses words to bring comfort because he empowers those words to do exactly what the word says. It's not like you or me have to come up with, with some kind of action or some kind of emotional uh, persuasion to bring comfort to someone. We simply share the words of God. Now, when Satan comes to you and to me, <laughs> words, how can mere words help in this situation? Remember, they're God's words. And what did God use, for example, to create everything that he brought into existence? And God said, and came to be. When we speak, though, we are to speak as Isaiah did, tenderly, which carries the concept speaking to the heart. In situations that Isaiah was writing about, he was actually writing about the future. Not necessarily about the recent past or even the present things that they were going through. And one part about this this uh, prophecy for the future was proclaimed to her and the nation of Israel was given that feminine pronoun, speak to her that her hard service had been completed. And that word in the original language for hard service carries the idea of like military service, like battling difficult things. See, Hezekiah foolishly thought that with the Assyrians being defeated by God, keeping them from taking Jerusalem, that they would be secure in the long term. So when the future, the invoice from the future superpower Babylon came, he readily invited them into the, the, uh, his residence and into the temple and showed them all the riches of Jerusalem. How foolish that was. In 120 years, all those treasures would reside in Babylon, and the majority of the people of Judah would be sitting captive 
in Babylon. Why? Because of their sin and their rebellion and rejection of God. What they received was slavery, bondage, hard labor. That usually was the end of nations. But God used that so that his people would realize the necessity of trusting in their almighty God and turning to their almighty God and trusting in their almighty God. So this prophecy of Isaiah was for those people, that remnant of believers sitting in Babylon, weeping by the rivers in Babylon, God's promise that he would come and he would rescue, that indeed that warfare, that hard surface that they were under would be over. That was to bring them comfort and bring them hope. Well, sin, Satan, and death forge chains that put us in bondage also. Indeed, life will continue to hold hardships for us as a consequence of sin in the world. But that same God comes to us and says, no, right? your hard service is over. Not because of anything that we have done. We didn't break our own ch the chains of sin that, that bound us, but because of what Christ has done. Our hard service is over. It has been completed. Isaiah then goes on to say that her sin has been paid for and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Right away we might notice that these phrases are all in the past tense, as if they had already happened, as if they had already been completed. Yet we know the Babylon captivity wouldn't be for another 120 years. And it takes 70 years after that before the, the people would return to Jerusalem. And 700 years it would take until that Savior was born. And here we are 2,000 years later. Yet, never forget, when God says something, it's as good as done. When God promises something, you can count on it. There is to be no doubt. As the bumper sticker goes, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. May we have that kind of faith also. For God's people back at the time of Isaiah, and for those at the time of the Babylonian captivity, and those who returned, and to us today, it's important that we realize that her sin, our sin, their sin has been paid for. But Judah could not pay that debt any more than you or I could pay that debt. See, and that's what the Babylonian captivity was a reminder of, the seriousness of sin and the trouble and hardship that can come to us because of sin. See, there is no way to get out of that. No one except one man, and that was Jesus and his life. See how important it is in the history of God's plan of salvation that people every step along the way realize their sinfulness so they realize their need for a Savior, 
that Savior that God had promised and planned, and that Savior that was to come. See, there is no Black Friday sale to pay for our sins. But there is a Good Friday that can and did. See, Isaiah gives some of the clearest predictions of that Good Friday in his 53rd chapter. The third phrase that Isaiah uses here speaks further of God's grace, where he says that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Maybe there is a member of your family or extended family, kind of the black sheep, you know, that really doesn't deserve anything this year. So what if when you're going out looking for that perfect uh, present for everyone, you or somebody else suggested, well, let's buy that person twice as many or spend twice as much on that person. Can you imagine the, the chorus of why in the world would you do that? The way they act? Why in the world would God do anything good for us? I mean, the, the way we act, the way we talk at times, the way the thoughts that we have, there's only one word for that, and that's grace. God's grace. That's what happened to each of us, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Because of this quality of God, this undeserved love that he has for us, a love that we do not deserve and deserve not to have. We and all believers have received blessings after blessings despite our sins. Many of those blessings which we had the opportunity to think about and uh, remember and be thankful for in our Thanksgiving service. If perhaps you didn't have the opportunity to be at the Thanksgiving service. I still have some of these bulletins here that, that talk about uh, the colors of Thanksgiving. I'd encourage you to pick one up. Read through that. You'll get a, a, a picture of this blessings upon blessings, this double blessings that we have received from the Lord. Yet, our ongoing needs continue. See, God's promise for God's people is clear and sure. That meant the big enemies, the Assyrians and the Babylonians, Satan and sin, were as good as defeated. God wants us to know that, so we trust in him for everything. The big things that, we, that come up in our minds, you know, sin and, and sickness, the kinds of things that, that haunt us, and the little everyday things, God has taken care of, and they're under God's control. A Christian's Christmas checklist. Make preparations. When we do that, we need to note the delivery details of God's guarantees. Now, if you were wiser than some of us and did your shopping online on Gray Thursday or Black Friday, one of the important things you had to check is, when will this get here? What is the delivery date? What, and what future time can you expect to receive it? Because you don't have it in your hands right now. Isaiah gives a future delivery time frame. Make preparations when you hear this. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Again, God chooses 
the means of a human voice to make preparations for the ultimate victory. That human voice we know is John the Baptist. See, God spoke for here, example, to Isaiah, and Isaiah shared the good news. God has sent messenger after messenger that are recorded in Scripture. He sends messenger after messenger, even up to this day. Pastors and teachers who share that wonderful good news of the gospel. Each and every one of you who know Jesus Christ and know when he was born and know how he lived his life and know what that means for your eternity. See, you have that good news. You have that gospel to share. That's why we as a church and as a congregation get so excited this time of the year. Because we can do that in, in, in really special ways through Christmas for kids and the live nativity, through the very special Christmas services. That's why the choirs and the soloists and the musicians practice so hard to do such a beautiful job. The sound room, the people that uh, record the, the sermons, the AV people. Why? Because we have a message that we find great joy in. And we want the world to come to know that joy also. The future delivery time frame we know is here. Be a part of that preparations. And be aware of the future delivery route. Because there are some challenges to get the deliveries done. Isaiah wrote, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. See, our Christmas preparations need to include the message of John the Baptist. See, there are serious, serious obstacles, hills and mountains in our way. Those are hills and mountains of sin. And you can't just rush out and, and get the remedy in a store or online. See, hills and mountains many times are made of rock. And we are born with a rock-hard, sinful heart. And that rock-hard, sinful heart had to be blasted and, and uh, blown up. And God did that. God did that with the message of the gospel. And this gospel empowers us every day to re be mindful of our sin, to be sorry for that sin, and to be willing to turn it over and expect that wonderful message of sins forgiven. Make preparation time for all that the Lord has prepared this time of the year. I encourage you to recheck your preparations. And as you go down that list of all the things that you need to do and you start getting tired and feeling overwhelmed, then remember, listen once again to a Christmas checklist from your loving God. To you, he says, comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Amen.